0: elders challenged us as individuals as well as a congregation to be more focused on the work that God has called upon each of us to accomplish. Uh, We were challenged last week to be more like Jesus every day, to be more aware of our personal responsibilities to God and to the local church here, and to be mindful of our personal responsibilities to teach the gospel to those round about us uh, we were challenged to more fully realize our potential uh, to realize the challenges of this world in a very powerful way to understand that we serve a great god in other words we need to have spiritual 2020 vision when it comes to doing the lord's work And with that in mind today, I want to challenge you as we begin a new year, and I want to do that by asking a very important question. That question is, it's a personal question, but the question is, can you recommend your religion? You know, we in the Lord's Church today need to be the kind of people that can recommend to the world our religion. We ought to be able to recommend it to everybody we possibly can. We ought to be able to say to everybody that we come into contact with that I'm glad, I'm thankful, I'm proud to be a child of God. You know, that question, can you recommend your religion, may initially seem to be somewhat out of place because after all, You know, you're here this morning, but I believe it's a very timely question. I believe it's one that we need to seriously consider. Oftentimes, I'm afraid that we may take too much for granted in our Christianity. We're not careful sometimes. It seems like we would rather drift along with the crowd rather than putting forth the effort to see if we stand with and for Jesus Christ. Long ago, the great man David said in Psalm 66 and verse 16, Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. That's David's way of saying, I am thankful for all that God has done for me. David says, I recommend my religion to you, and before all men. But this morning I ask myself, as I ask you, can you, as we begin this new year of 2020, can you recommend your religion? Now there are some religions today that are simply not worth recommending. Some religions are shallow, they're empty They're vain. Is it possible that maybe yours could fall into that particular class? You know, whether we realize it or not, every one of us each day is either recommending our religion or else we're renouncing it by not putting forth the effort. We show every day by our speech, by our actions, by our attitude, by the places we go, by the things that we do, The kind of recommendation that we place on our religion. Now this morning, I'm going to ask this question in three different ways. First of all, we're going to ask this question, can you recommend your religion in light of what the Bible says? Secondly, can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it? By the way that you stand behind it? And then thirdly, can you recommend your religion by the way in which you are living? First of all this morning, though, can you recommend your religion in light of what the Bible teaches? You know, does it really matter ultimately how you support your religion? Does it ultimately matter how you live your life each day does it ultimately matter how how zealous you may be in your religion if you cannot find your religion in God's book the bible so can you recommend your religion in light of what the bible teaches can you prove your religion does God approve of it you know God will not approve of any religion that cannot be proved according to His Word. Our religion needs to be proved. In our scripture reading this morning, we looked at 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, where the Bible says, Sanctify, set apart the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to Every man who asks a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we ought to be able to prove everything that we profess to believe in according to the Bible. For example today, can you give a a Bible answer for what you believe and practice? You know, what if one believes that a person is justified by believing and by believing alone. Suppose one believes that, you know, if he just has a strong faith in God, that that will allow that individual to go to heaven. But can you prove that a person can be saved by faith only? Now, you might be able to prove that based upon what some preacher may say, based upon what some man may say, but you cannot prove that by the Bible. The Bible says in James 2 and verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. A few verses down in verse 24, he says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Or what if one believes that an individual simply cannot fall from grace? Can you prove that once a person is in a saved condition that he's always saved? Now, you might be able to take the creed book of a denominational church and you might be able to open up that creed book and prove from that that a child of God can never fall from grace. But you cannot prove that from the Bible. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, Wherefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Or what if one actually believes that, that one church is just as good as another? You know, just attend the church of your choice. That's all that really matters. And there are honest and sincere people, millions of people like that, who honestly believe it does not matter what church a person is a member of, just as long as they're sincere. But can you prove that? Now you may be able to prove that based upon what your parents have said and taught you down through the years, but you cannot prove that from the Bible. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and verse 25 that Christ gave himself for the church. Acts 20 and verse 28 tells us that Christ purchased the church with his own blood. In Ephesians 4 and verse 4, the Bible clearly states that there is one body, and that one body is the church. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13, for by one spirit have we all been baptized into one body. So it does matter what church a person is a member of. We need to be a member of the church that Jesus purchased. We need to be a member of the church that Jesus gave himself for. We need to be a member of the church that belongs to him. Or what if one believes that it simply doesn't matter if one is immersed or sprinkled from baptism? Can you prove from the Bible that sprinkling would be an acceptable form of baptism? Now, again, you may be able to take a church manual, a church discipline. In fact, the church discipline of the largest church in our city today has it very plainly stated that our church baptizes by sprinkling, pouring, or immersion. It's your personal choice. But can you prove that? You cannot prove that from the Bible. The Bible twice says that baptism is a burial in water. Colossians 2 and verse 12 says we're buried with Him in baptism. Romans 6 and verse 4 says therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Or what if one believes that a person doesn't even have to be baptized in order to be saved. Someone says, well, I think a person is saved when he accepts Jesus Christ into his heart, and and then that person is baptized later on. I just can't see that baptism has one thing in the world to do with a person being saved. But again, I ask you today, can you prove that by God's holy word? Now you may believe that baptism is not essential based upon what some preacher may say, based upon what some church manual or creed book may say, but you cannot prove that by the Bible. And Ananias told Saul in Acts 22 and verse 16, Why are you waiting? Arise, be baptized and Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Peter said, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15 and 16, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And so I ask you this morning, can you turn to the Bible and give book, chapter, and verse for what you believe and practice. Now, folks, that's very important to be able to do so because the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 21 that we are to prove all things and to hold fast that which is good. We're admonished in 1 John 4 and verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, test the spirits, whether they be of God. Why, John? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Second Corinthians 13 and verse 5 encourages us to examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Now, if these scriptures teach anything at all, they teach that we ought never to take another person's Word about our religion. But instead, we ought to follow the example of those Berean brethren in Acts 17, verse 11, and we need to search the Scriptures to see whether these things be so. You know, the Lord Himself said that some people's religions would be vain and useless and worthless. In Matthew 15, verse 8, Jesus said, you know, this people draw near to me with their mouth They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. How, Lord? Teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And folks, whenever we teach the commandments of men in matters of doctrine, it makes our religion vain. And so we need to understand that for our religion to be right, we need to be able to find it in God's book, the Bible. In John 8 and verse 31, Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Lord, how are we going to know if we're following you faithfully? How are we going to know that we are truly your disciples? He says, you can know that if you continue in my word. And so first of all today, can you recommend your religion today in light of what the scriptures teach? Can you find the name of the church that you claim to be a member of on the pages of the New Testament? What about what the Bible says in regard to how a person is saved from his past sins? We know the Bible teaches that one must believe in Christ, that one must repent of his sins, Luke 13 and 3, that one must confess Jesus as being the Son of God, and then one must be baptized into Jesus Christ. The purpose of that baptism is for the forgiveness of sins, Acts 2 and verse 38. And so can you read about the church that you attend? The church that you're a member of, on the pages of the New Testament. Secondly, though, today, can you recommend your religion by the way you support it? By the way you stand behind it and uphold it? You know, the greatest recommendation, I believe, a person can give his religion is to support it properly. How do we measure up in supporting our religion? You know, some of our ladies here, some of our ladies that have Children, if you hear that maybe a consignment shop is fixing to have a big sale on kids' clothing, word will get around fast, won't it? Man, you won't be able to be quiet about that. Ladies, if you find some household product that really does what it claims to do, you'll be more than willing to share that good news with other people. And the same thing is going to be true of our religion when it means to us what it ought to mean. When we're the kind of people that we ought to be today, it's going to be difficult to keep quiet about our religion. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13, I believed, and therefore I spoke. What are you saying, Paul? I'm saying that I believe God's word, I believed it so much that I told it to others I couldn't be quiet about it. I support my religion. And if we have the kind of faith that we ought to have today, we simply will not be able to be quiet about our Christianity. So often today, we don't become involved in evangelism and telling others about Jesus Christ. We, we don't become involved in our concern for those who were once faithful, who've now left their first love. We don't become involved in trying to bring them back because deep down we don't really believe God the way we should. We need to be able to recommend our religion by the way that we support it. You know, that Samaritan over in Luke chapter 10 had a wonderful, wonderful recommendation of his religion. In Luke chapter 10, the Bible talks about how a a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, they robbed him, wounded him, left him half dead. And Jesus there in that parable talked about the priest who came and saw the man where he was, saw his awful plight, but passed by on the other side. A Levite likewise did the very same thing, saw the man's need, but simply ignored it. But Jesus said a certain Samaritan, when he saw that man, he went to him. He bound up his wounds. He took care of him. He took him to an end. He provided for that man's needs. Now, the priest and the Levite, were they not the religious leaders of the day? Were not the priest and the Levite the folks that others were supposed to follow They were supposed to be the example for others to emulate, but the priest and the Levite, they didn't have a good recommendation of their religion, did they? They showed their religion was vain and useless and worthless because they saw a man in need and just ignored it and passed by on the other side. And today we need to do whatever we can to help our friends and neighbors And our brethren, we can't be selfish today and still recommend our religion. 1 John 3 and verse 17 says, Whoso hath this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? My little children, let's not love in word and, and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You see, that's the way we support our religion. It's not by the things that we say, but it's by the things that we do. It's by our actions. Let me ask you today, can you recommend your religion today by the way you support it financially? You know, many people here at this place and many other places can stand up and tell the world, yes, yes, I recommend my religion by the way I support it financially. I'm so thankful for brethren like that. I'm so thankful for so many of you who are willing to support your religion financially. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. I want you to think about this scenario. Suppose God took your weekly contribution. Suppose God took the amount that you put in that collection plate every single week, multiplied that by ten, and that became your weekly income. Could you survive? Would you be much better off? Or would you be infinitely worse off? If God took the amount you gave to Him every week and multiplied that by ten. We need to be able to recommend our religion by the way that we support it financially. Do you recommend your religion in that you are always willing to Be involved in good works. Do you recommend your religion because you're willing to support any and every good work? Titus 2 and verse 14 tells us that we need to be zealous of good works. Are you ready for every good work? Titus 3 and verse 1. Are you full of good works? Acts 9 and verse 36. Are you careful to to maintain good works? Titus 3 and verse 8. Are you showing yourself to be a pattern of good works? Titus 2 and verse 7. Do others see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven? Matthew 5 and verse 16. Let me just ask you as a group of people. If someone were to walk into this building from this community who had never been here before, would we impress them as being people who are zealous of good works. You see, in everything that's good and right, we need to be for it. We need to be zealous in making sure it's a reality. Let me ask you, can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it and that you always faithfully assemble with the saints? Do you just attend the one service on Sunday morning and let that be it. Now again, I'm not talking about those that have physical ailments and problems that it's just beyond their control. I'm saying if you can be here, are you here? We all have 168 hours during the week. Every one of us without exception. How much of that time do we give to the Lord out of that 168 hours? I don't believe it's too much to ask just to give four hours a week to the Lord in worship. We still have 164 hours left. Can you honestly say, yes, I recommend my religion by the way I support it in my attendance? And think about it this way. Suppose everybody else here was as faithful as you are in their attendance. Would there be anybody here tonight? If everybody is as faithful as you, will there be anybody here this coming Wednesday night? We need to be able to recommend our religion in that we faithfully assemble with the saints. We need to put God first. We need to seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, verse 33. Thirdly, though, and lastly, can you recommend your religion by the manner in which you live? Now, this is really where the rubber hits the road. I mean, this is where it really gets close to home. Does your religion and your life Complement each other. Does your life make your religion more attractive and easier for others to see? You know, if a man's religion doesn't change him, perhaps that man needs to change his religion. Because the religion of Jesus Christ will change a person. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17: therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Bible says when one is in Christ, when one obeys the gospel, when one is baptized into Christ, all things in that person's life have passed away. All things have become new. I have new habits. I have new desires, I have new ambitions, I have new goals, I have a new purpose, I have a new way that I'm going to live. I have a standard to uphold as a new creature in Christ. I have a new purpose for living. I'm a different individual. You know, our lives today need to display our religion. You know, you travel down Atlanta Highway and you'll see various billboards advertising certain businesses, right? We all know the Alexander Shannara, you know, billboards. We're familiar with other billboards in the area as well. Our lives are like a billboard. Our lives need to display our religion. As the Bible says in Titus 2 and verse 10, our lives must adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. In other words, Paul said our lives ought to make God's Word more attractive. Those Pharisees back in our Lord's day failed to do this. And Jesus said about the Pharisees in Matthew 23 and verse 3, He said, don't you do after their works, because they say... And do not. But could that sometimes characterize us in the Lord's church? That maybe we oftentimes tell other people what they ought to be doing, but we fail to do it ourselves? Can we honestly say that we recommend our religion by the manner in which we live? You know, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. We may appear to be religious. We may go through all the items of worship. We may be present, but are we truly living differently from the rest of the world? Or do we have our heart and our soul and our entire being in our religion? You know, our faith needs to be a living faith Shown by our lives. James says in James 2 and verse 18, Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. And we show our faith today by our works, James 2 and verse 18. We show our faith by our love, Galatians 5 and verse 7. We show our faith by our obedience, Romans 1 and verse 5. We demonstrate our faith by our purity of life, Acts 15 and verse 9. Many profess in word to be a Christian, to be a member of the church. But how often do our lives contradict what we say? As Titus 1 and verse 16 says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, and unto every good work reprobate. Paul said that some people profess to know God, but by the way they live, they deny Him. On one occasion, a, a man was knocking on a door, doors of a neighborhood, conducting a religious survey. He only had one question. But he knocked on this particular door, a lady answered, and he said, Ma'am, does Jesus live here? Well, That question bothered that lady the rest of the day. Her husband got home and beds weren't made. Supper wasn't cooked. It seemed that nothing had been done in the house. It was obvious that his wife was upset. And her husband asked her, you know, what's wrong? And she told him about the question. The man had asked, does Jesus live here? And the man said, well, why didn't you tell her that, you know, sometimes we we go to church and sometimes we even give some money to the church. Why didn't you tell her those kinds of things? She said, I thought about all that. But that's not what the man asked. He asked, does Jesus live here? And I'm so afraid he doesn't. Does Jesus live in your home today? Does he live in my home? Is his word taught there? Are his principles reverenced there? Do we try to imitate the Son of God in our own homes? Can we say, I recommend my religion by the way I live before the world? You know, Christianity is not some push-button affair to turn it on or off again, depending on who we're with or what we're doing. I like the instructions on the back of my deodorant can, and I think these instructions are on your deodorant uh, can as well. It, It says, for best results, use daily. And I highly recommend that you follow those instructions. They're there for a reason. But those same instructions are also true for our Christianity. For best results, use daily. Someone says, well, you know, my my religion and my business just doesn't seem to mix good together. Well, maybe you need to change your business. Somebody else says, well, you know, my religion and my recreation doesn't seem to go that well together. Well, maybe you need to change that particular form of recreation. You see, Christianity is not a matter of convenience. It's a matter of conviction and conversion. I want to close today by looking at Paul, who had a wonderful recommendation of his religion. And I want you to notice what he said and be challenged by it in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Paul said, those things in which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul said, if you'll just do what I do, if you'll do what you've learned of me, if you'll follow my example, God's going to be with you. Now, how many of us today could stand up and tell the world like Paul, if you live the way I live, if you follow my example, if you talk the way I talk, if your attitude is like my attitude, if you dress like I dress and behave like I behave, and you are involved in the Lord's work like I am, if you'll just follow my example, God is going to be with you. Can you recommend your religion by the way that you live? You know, Paul said, be your followers of me, even as I also am a follower of Jesus Christ. Could you make that statement? Little lame boy one time had a, basket of candy and fruit, and he was making his way through the passenger gate of a real rushed railway station. As passengers were rushing through all the gates, a, a man accidentally hit the boy and knocked the basket out of his arms. The contents went everywhere. He paused only enough to severely scold that little boy, that little cripple boy, for being in his way. Another young another man saw the boy's distress and he immediately began picking up all the candy and fruit he put it all back in the basket and put the basket back in the boy's arms and he was off but the man was stopped by the question which the boy called out after him Hey mister are you Jesus and the man replied no son I'm just simply one of his followers you see paul said i'm crucified with christ it's no longer i who live but christ living in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me can people around us tell that we're the followers of christ by the way that we live on one occasion a A little black boy and his family went to the county fair, and when they got inside the gate, the the little black boy was immediately captivated by somebody blowing up helium balloons. And he watched in amazement as, as the man blew up yellow ones and green ones and orange ones and red ones, and away into the air they ascended. And when that little boy couldn't stand the excitement any longer, he ran over to the balloon man. He said, Mr. Balloon Man, if you send up a black balloon, will it go just as high as all the others? The balloon man took a black balloon. He didn't say anything, but he filled it with helium. And sure enough, it went just as high as the others. And he looked down at the little boy and he said, You see, son, it's not the color that makes it rise. It's the stuff inside. You see, that's the question for us today. Do we have enough stuff inside of us to make us rise? Suppose today were the day that we entered into eternity. Suppose we were killed in an automobile accident on the way home. Suppose we had a a heart attack or some health issue and our lives were taken from us. Would we have enough God and righteousness and obedience? Would we have enough stuff inside to make us rise? As we sing this song of encouragement, I ask you, can you recommend your religion by what the Bible says? Can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it? And can you recommend your religion by the way in which you're living right now? If you need to come, we